I, of course, am Mary B's number five son. I have four older brothers, Jim, John, Joe, Jerry, and Jeff. The noise you heard at the beginning, that's my coffee maker, Rhonda. When I need a cup of coffee, I always say, of course, help me, Rhonda. When I need an emergency cup of coffee, I then say, help me, Rhonda, help, help me, Rhonda. I'm doing this because of my love for coffee. Thank you, Rhonda, for another great cup of coffee to start the morning off. Welcome again to Coffee Break with Mary B's Fifth Son. I am Jeff. Hey, welcome to the 10th episode of Coffee Break with Mary B's Fifth Son. It's already been 10 exciting weeks. And this week, uh, like I said, we have our very special guest, my brother Jerry. We're going to talk about... Um, while working at Marshall Fields, amongst other things. But before we get started, uh, I had a few people write me emails again asking why I didn't bring up last week my uh, mother's uh, coffee, what she had. So here it goes. It was Hills Brothers. And so my first cup of coffee was Hills Brothers. Okay. It actually tasted pretty good back then. Probably because my mother put in that, overloaded it with carnation instant milk out of the box and a lot of sugar. So what I decided to do was try Hills Brothers this week and to find out, because I haven't had it in years, years and years. And uh, it actually tastes pretty good. Uh, so it passes the test. I recommend it. It tasted good back when I was 10 years old in 67. And now I won't tell you my age, but it tastes good now as a uh, close to be senior citizen, ARP member. But yeah, it, it passed the test. So uh, with that, let's see. Our movie review this week is Million Dollar Baby. Again, if you don't think coffee means anything in movies, you're sadly mistaken because in one of the most powerful scenes in the movie, Clint Eastwood is going to the hospital at the request of Hillary Swank, uh, who is paralyzed and she wants to die. And Clint Eastwood had been fighting it the whole time. He decides he's going to do it. So he's going, opens the door, walking up the uh, the hallway, and the night nurse says that a desk uh, person, I'm going on my coffee break. Uh, I'll be back. So because of her coffee break, he's able to get access to her room and do everything to uh, put her to sleep and with no problems. So again, it was a coffee break, not a break, not a nap, not just a, anything. It was a coffee break. So to me, again, coffee showed a power, very powerful role in this movie and it's a strong movie a very good movie so i recommend you watch it and again coffee at the end plays an important part so with that let's get rolling with my brother jerry and i'm going to ask him a very personal question right now i've never asked him ever my entire life i reviewed my mental rolodex and it's not in there so here it goes jerry do you remember your very first cup of coffee and what was it? Do you remember anything about it? You know, well, let me start first by saying thank you, Jeff, for having me on. Uh, so I think, unbeknownst to me, uh, how important coffee was. I'm a coffee drinker, you know, as you know. Uh, and I became a coffee drinker, though, 
Um, I, I'm not quite sure what the year was. I want to say 75 or 76. And a, uh, as Elvis Presley would say, on a cold Chicago morning <laughs> in the ghetto, uh, we, uh, I, for some reason, I went to see Grandma Millie over on uh, 60 whatever in California. She lived by right over by Holy Cross Hospital, which is where pretty much all of us were born. Um, it was cold, man. It was cold. I go up to see her. I don't know why. And uh, she said, uh, Red, you want a cup of coffee? <laughs> and I said, well, if you have some tea, Grandma. And she goes, no, did you want a cup of coffee? I don't have any tea. And it was my first cup of coffee. And uh, surprisingly, it was Sanka. Sanka. <laughs> Sanka. <laughs> I don't know if Sanka's even around anymore. I, I see once in a while on a Seinfeld episode. But it was Sanka. It, it hit the spot. It stuck with me. And from that moment on, coffee was a addictive part of my life. You know, I was just thinking, maybe grandma lived to be 100 because she drank Sanka. Okay. <laughs> Whatever it did to her body, it, it kept her mind going. So maybe, maybe that is. We can, we can debate that one later. Um, I'm going to ask you another question. Uh, Mom was the very first one to work at Marshall Fields. You were the next one. Do you remember when you got hired or why you went to Marshall Fields to apply? Um, do you remember any of that? Yeah. I, I mean, you know, there, there's certain things that are so vivid in our memory, uh, these foundation moments of our life. I didn't know what I was going to do. I mean, I didn't know what to do. Um, and one day I just took a bus downtown, man, you know, and that was our way of life, you know, especially you and I, we either walked or we took the bus. Um, Took the bus downtown. Mom was working in the coffee shop, which was just a counter in the store for men on the seventh floor. I Many people do not remember that. I don't. No, I don't. Yeah, it was the seventh floor. And a lot of the buyers from Marshall Fields would just sneak up there, have their pipe, uh, have their cigarette or their cigar, and they'd have a cup of coffee. It was just a counter service. And uh, I went up there to see her. She said, Red, you want a cup of coffee? I said, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm like, Mom, I don't know what what to do she goes you know what she was i saw clem bojar today he was the buyer for men's shoes which was on the basement which in the basement of the store for men and uh, i actually went to school you remember rita bojar in bridgeport went to st barb's together clem was her dad and uh mary was explaining to him you know that i was looking for an opportunity he said hey i can get him started down and selling shoes down in the store for men and uh i went down and seen him and uh he hired me and uh, that's where my career got started and was in the store for men uh, later transferred into special services, which was security, plain clothes, lied about my age. You had to be 21. And uh, I was 20 and uh, I lied. They didn't check it for. Wait, reason. wait, you told a lie. <laughs> wait, <laughs> honest. I never thought in my life that you told a lie, but wow. Okay. Go on. I'm sorry. Yeah, that, that might be. Thank a lie God. Way. I'm sitting down, <laughs> sitting down. <laughs> And uh, you remember uh, Timmy Bogart, you know, I mean, right. That was, that was our guy. Tim was the, uh, he handled uh, credit fraud and cash register shortages for Marshall Fields. And he just took a liking me, a big time coffee drinker, but he drank coffee in his office and smoked like crazy. Um, and he, uh, he, his, one of his favorite, you remember his favorite thing was, uh, I'm going to have some coffee and a, and a Danish. <laughs> and uh Cup of coffee in a Danish. In a Danish, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we we sat around and talked. He hired me and uh, got in special services, and you know that that was my career. But again, it was uh, Mary that uh, opened the door there. Um, 
she was there. And you would mention in a couple of your episodes about her, uh, her, her jobs in Marshall Fields, but uh, you, you hit it dead center. Mary was a coffee drinker and that coffee drinking uh, was a integral part of her life as a waitress. So you started the family on a uh, Marshall Fields dynasty, the Balser family on a Marshall Fields dynasty, because I know I mentioned this before, but I met my, you met your wife, Marcy there. She worked on the third floor information. Um, I met Pam. She was fifth floor manager and she still manages me. So that was all that experience that came in. And then my brother Joe met his wife, Claudia. They both worked at Water Tower. So we all worked there at Marshall Fields. We all ended up, you know, of course, getting married. And uh, so, yeah, that's why it, it hurt us when um, Macy's took over uh, Marshall Fields. They, you brought, you know, something, a New York thing, nothing bad against Macy's, but Chicago, Marshall Fields is Chicago. It will always be Chicago. So one of the things too, if you remember, Jeff, the employee cafeteria was on the 12th floor and that cafeteria had the only view of Lake Michigan. And it was the employees that sat up in that cafeteria. It was awesome. It was awesome. And I think someone woke up years later and said, what the hell do we have the employees sitting up in this beautiful <laughs> piece of our property when we could have this as a restaurant and sell that view on Lake Michigan? And they eventually did. But, uh, you know, us growing up there was part of that. You know, I mean, you, you remember probably better than I do because you were up in the stock room up there too for, for a while. So uh, it, it was incredible. And uh, so we would, we would have our coffee up there, but uh, that wasn't where we really had our cup of coffee. Uh, you know, you, you'd be so busy in Marshall Fields working those floors up and down throughout the building. Uh, there were so many coffee service down in the basement. Remember in the store for men, we're connected from the main store in the basement into the store for men. If halfway through, if you took a right, I think it was baby's clothing and, right, right. and then you took a right. There was a little coffee shop over there right. too, a little counter service right. coffee shop over there. And, uh, you know, it was just full of people all the time. Uh, but most of the time, just to get out of the store, uh, just to get that break uh, from being in the store and being around all the people and the employees and all that, we'd walk across the street, that little Greek uh, uh, coffee shop. Uh, right across the street, which was the meeting place that the Blackhawk laid around for drinks, but for coffee, it was there. And Mar Mary there, who actually attended our wedding. Yeah, the, with the waitress, Mary, we got to know her because we used to spend our, our breaks would run from anywhere from 15 minutes to three hours. So we'd sit in there and that's when, yeah, Mary would, would be there in the mornings and we all got to know her. Actually, man, uh, Mammy's was kind of like, um, what's the name of it in Friends? Perk, something perk. Uh, my wife knows it, but it, it was like like that where we would all meet and different characters would come in and sit down with us, like like um, Pasquale, uh, Doc. And then uh, the best thing for me, was and this is nothing bad is that the cosmetic girls would come in to the restaurant before they had their makeup on okay <laughs> so they would have to get ready to put their let's call it their game face to go across the street and work so they would come in there for probably a half hour before they start and you would see them sitting in there someone would be they had the mirrors and they'd be 
putting all their makeup on everything. It was, and they were all very nice. It was just yeah. interesting that they would come in there, sit there, and if you were lucky enough, they would say hi to you. Okay. And um, the best thing about it, well, the worst thing, the coffee smelled good, but then they'd come in with that perfume on, and that would take away the coffee smell. So I don't know if it was good or bad, but the place smelled really good half the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, you know, uh, that cosmetic place, you know, that was the uh, the gateway into the store. You know, right. I mean, if you think about it, you know, obviously, you know, in today's world, uh, Bob Mariano uh, taught me something uh, that in, in, in Mariano's, you never put the cash registers by the front door. And his thinking on that, he said to me, was that when people walk in the door, they immediately think, I owe you money. I owe you, before they even purchased anything, they thought, I, so he always moved it to the side. When you look at Jules and some of these others, they still have them up in the front. The point being that in Marshall Fields, they put those prettiest faces up in the front, right? Right. So as soon as you walked in and said, wow, this store is great. Look at how beautiful, look at all the beautiful women in this store. Right. And that's what they did. Uh, and it was, those were the people that, uh, so when you walked in, those were the people that gave you the impression is I want to be here. Yeah. And this story is told that when the city burnt down, that the two businessmen that rebuilt the city of Chicago, this is absolutely true, uh, were Potter Palmer, who I, I worked at the Palmer house for years after uh, Marshall Fields and Marshall Field. And they discussed rebuilding the city of Chicago over a cup of coffee. Really? That's a fact. Yeah. So um, they, they, and I found this out through uh, the history program at uh, uh, the Palmer house. Uh, and, and I remember I'm having total recall of a lot of these things. Now this, this, that type of information because of this program and that kind of set the way to where we are today, the city of Chicago, Marshall fields. You could listen, I'll meet you under the clock at Marshall fields. <laughs> that's never going to go away. That's right. perpetual. That, that's forever going to be there. And uh, who Marshall Field was and, and how he brought people into the downtown area and, and built that up was uh, a key platform foundation to the city that stands there today. Well, I agree. I, and just a sidebar, um, when Jerry was working at the Palmer House, he got me to meet uh, Marie Osmond. So there was nothing better. It was like Christmas on April 12th, 1996. I keep forgetting the years, 94, 96, when Sound of Music is, was in, but that was like Christmas. But I'll save that story for another episode. But for now, let's get back to Fields. <laughs> so at, at Mammy's, we'd go in there, and um, it was right next door to, I think it was Continental Bus Station was yes. right next door. And then there was a uh, a restaurant right next door yeah, to yeah. that. Right on the corner there of uh, Wabash. And yeah. Was it Wabash and Randolph or Wabash and Washington? Well, yeah, Wabash and uh, Randolph. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So, and then, you know, some of the people in here, like we mentioned Pasquale, okay, which Jerry, he just went to see them um, in Arizona, I, I don't know, last year. But if you watch the beginning of the Blues Brothers, where they show the guard raising the flag at Pontiac Prison, that's Pasquale, who used to work at Marshall Fields. Yes. So he's basically a movie star. Yeah. <laughs> and then then there was Doc, Doc Castro, big time operator. Aston, <laughs> get me faces. He'd get drunk at the Palmer House and then he would, faces was a big disco in the 70s, early 80s. And uh, Doc would get drunk and he would yell to the bartender, Aston, Aston. 
give me faces, meaning for Aston to call faces. And it was a house phone. So yeah, it was a house phone. There's, there's no rotary <laughs> on it or you, nothing. You can, you can only get the people in the kitchen. Yeah. So not faces. <laughs> we had we had a bet one night that I could take him out and get him back to work. And that's what Tim Bogart was his boss, that Doc and I could go out drinking all night and I could get him back to work. Okay. Back to Marshall Fields. Okay. So I took him to the far south side. I took him to a bar called the Italian Stallion, which is right in where on Western Avenue, where all them Irish bars are at. So we're getting trashed. And one of the guys there, his name was Elvis. So him and Doc are singing Elvis songs. And, uh, I get him back on the bus. Now, mind you, we had to get on the CTA. So I had to transfer at 79th. We're at 100 and Western. Had to tra- transfer at 79th and then transfer again at Archer. So I thought I had him. And then we're, I don't know, two blocks away on our, on uh, State Street. And the bus driver starts the bus and it jerks and Doc hits his head on the pole. So now... I got to drag Doc off this bus and the driver actually helped me because it was like four in the morning. He helped me, helped me. We dragged Doc off and put him in. <laughs> do you remember? I, I stood, sat him up by the door, the front door. Like so, when, store when, <laughs> so when the doors would open, Doc was there. I got him there on time. Okay. That was one of the, one of the longest nights of my life, but it was actually fun. Doc Castro, big time operator. And if I recall, it was coffee that allowed him. That's to open right. His eyes again. <laughs> we we had him drinking, and then we poured coffee on his eyes to get him open. But it was coffee. You're right. That got him going. So yeah, it was it was good. And then, uh, well, do you have anything with with Pasquale? Anything? Oh, I mean, uh, you know, there's a hundred stories, nine million stories in the Naked City. Well, I, I mean, one of the best stories we have of doc and pasquale and i don't i don't think you were but me merce doc and pasquale went to see saturday night fever when it first came out at the state and lake it was jam-packed and uh we get in there and doc i think had seen it and uh, we had had uh i forgot what that drink was something in grapefruit juice i forgot and we you know piled it down so the scene when just before uh the scene with the pork chop Remember? Oh yeah, yeah. One man, pork chop. Doc, Doc yelled at the. You could, you could hear a butterfly <laughs> fart in the theater. It was so quiet. There was, and then all of a sudden, Doc yells out before the scene happens. One pork chop. One. I said one pork chop. And Pascal uh, yeah. wanted to beat his brain. <laughs> so yeah, it uh, it was it was funny, you know. And then we had to, we literally went. There was a over where ABC is now, uh, Channel Seven WLS. Uh, there was a, a, a coffee shop there, if I remember. We went in there after and had some coffee just to get our feet back underneath us. Okay, on my way driving over to my brother's house to record the podcast, I heard one of my favorite songs from 1972 by Looking Glass called Brandy, You're a Fine Girl. So let's have a little fun with that. Here we go. There's a cafe on a western bay. The baristas pass the time away by serving coffee all day. The baristas say, coffee, you're a fine brew. What a good drink you will be. Your taste will steal a person from their tea. At night, when the cafe closes down, coffee is still brewing all around. And people say, coffee, you're a fine brew. What a good drink you will be. Your taste will steal a person from their tea. Do, 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 yikes. 
Thank you very much. Thank you to my brother, Jerry. We will uh, see you next week. Thank you, Jeff. To my mom, again, who always said two things will make a day go by better. Coffee and a smile. If you put those two together, you're going to have a good day. Thanks again for joining us with Coffee Break with Mary B's Fifth Son. Join us next week where we continually talk about coffee, which we all love. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Jeff Balser. The intro was by Yvonne Two Elements. Thank you. Uh, production by Downtown Media Works. Join us every Sunday morning for Coffee Break with Mary B's Fifth Son. And you can like and subscribe us on Apple Podcasts. And you can also find our website on Buzzsprout.